Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Promise, and we are glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. God, I just thank you for being God, Lord. I just thank you for giving us the opportunity to fellowship inside of you, Lord, and just giving us this common faith, Lord, and that we're able to endure inside of you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we get into the Word and continue our study of the book of Ephesians. This morning, we're moving forward further into chapter 5, and we're going to cover verses 22 through the end of the chapter in verse 33. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. Okay, Layla. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Amen. Well, there is a lot in there. So, at this time, as in our custom, we are going to open the floor up and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you have. So, who would like to begin? I will. All right, LaCharles. Well, I'd like to point out inside of verse 22, where he begins by talking about why submitting uh, to the husbands as to the Lord, and what the Lord was reminding me of the various ways in, that he deals with us inside of our lives, he never just forces us to take what he wants us and knows what's good for us. Mm-hmm. He never tries to crush and dominate. We don't see Jesus standing over all the evil, sinful people saying, you will accept me. Smacking them in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he wasn't mm-hmm. doing any of those things, but he came to them and he, um, it says he was a gentleman and he knocked on the door and you have to open it up to him open the door to him so he can come in. And that's something very important that we have to consider in our own lives. It's This passage of scripture has commonly been misunderstood as that wives, the wives are supposed to be submitted to the husband and the husband just runs rockshot over everything and just commands everybody what to do. But that's not how it works. Yes, while the Lord has given um, husbands a certain er- uh, role inside the family, 
he also placed everybody else in their respective role as well. Um, we also see um, later, we see this with children and parents and how all these things are working together as the Lord has for, for his plan inside this earth. It's not just because he felt like this was a good idea or as men, we think that we're better, but because he has something that he's working together. And another way that we can understand this and see this, that this is what the Lord meant is where he says, essentially, treat your wives as you would treat yourself. Do you want to be dominated? Do you want the Lord to come and hulk you out and do all mm -hmm. these things to you? And the answer is no. I know, at least for me, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. I don't want the Lord to do that to me. And so mm -hmm. the Lord's encouraging us to do at, to treat others as we want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just refer to strangers on the street that we don't know, but that refers first to the people inside of our own family and household. Amen How do that. you want to be treated? And, and as such, you should treat them as well. We also see that um, inside of the book of Hebrews that it said that Jesus understood all the temptations and trials that we're going to go through because he first came down to us, meaning that he put on flesh and was able to understand that. So as we're also considering this as husbands and seeing that I am a male, I'll be a husband. We should also position ourselves in such a way where we are considerate of those that are around us. <laughs> well stated, sir. <laughs> Look at you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I, I appreciate that, and I received that, son. I thank you for um, sharing what the Lord is ministering to you. Mm -hmm. um, when looking at this section of Scripture, you really should include verse 21. I know that we read that in the previous segment. Yes. Um, for, for proper understanding of the things of God. That that verse 21 is not an arbitrary, oh, <laughs> brush that away. Mm. Pay no attention to, to verse 21, you know, behind the curtain. No, Amen. look at verse 21 and include that together. And we, when we started out talking about Ephesians, we talked about um, the, the scope that the Lord was ministering through the Apostle Paul, that it was both a zoomed out grand perspective, but then also came and zoomed in to the individual's perspective um, of how we walk before the Lord. So he is taking us from being children in the beginning of chapter five, and even in chapter four, how it looks when we've, we've come out of darkness, we were once sons of disobedience, that includes daughters of disobedience. And now we are sons and daughters of obedience, how that looks as we grow up, and we mature and cultivate that life and the, the meaning of our relationship with the Lord, um, and how we honor and exalt him. And then we, we progress through the maturation process, we grow up, we get on with the growing up, and we don't delay in being children or being deceived or distracted by drunkenness, by fleshly indulgence of sin, by lust of other things, by love of money. We don't allow ourselves to be set aside, but we become focused, I'll say laser focused, focused, diligently focused on putting on the mind of Christ and moving forward in the things that he has. So now the Apostle Paul is talking to us about God's divine order. After you know how to carry your particular self, what's the divine order that God has set? Because until you acknowledge the various layers of what God is saying and honor and respect the divine order that he set, that weapon 
um, and we're going to talk about that later, that armor, the armor of God is not going to hang on you properly mm-hmm. because you haven't come up right in the things of God. You are atrophied. You are not strong or you're disjointed instead of being properly aligned, properly strengthened, properly jointed and agreement in agreement with what the father has set. There is absolutely a double reference that's happening in the scripture. Amen. And it's, it's listed plainly what he's talking about. Um, the relationship and the the reason that Christ came into the earth and the relationship that all things have under him and his purpose in coming in the earth, um, but also how we say yes and amen to that is respecting what God has already said, here is the order that I want things to be in. And that's what is called divine order. That's how God said things should be arranged and how things go. Um you made a wonderful point, LeCharles, that and nothing that the Lord writes in the scripture is it an opportunity for us to lord over someone else and usurp their abilities and their rights to choose. If Christ, the creator of all things, gave us a choice and respected our choice and allowed us to make our choice, then who are we to try to um, subjugate someone else that's not walking in the love of God, that's not operating with understanding, that is actually being used as a vessel for the adversary to move and flow through because he's the one who tries to control, bully, dominate, browbeat. Christ said, I am meek and I'm lowly, right? Yes. yes. Come to me and I'll give you rest. So the the divine order that God set for the natural to ref- to respect also reflects the, the spiritual divine order and um, also gives us an opportunity to go, yes, Lord, we'll cooperate with you. And I, I love verse, verse um, 33 when it talks about the wife, see that you respect your husband or see to it. Make it your business, not because you are, aren't intelligent, not because you're not loved and desired by God, not because you're not important, not because you're not equally valuable, but because you honor the order that God has set and you see who your Lord is and you understand his uh, mission that he's carrying out. Amen. And what that means when you dishonor God's divine order. What does that, you understand that, you see to it that you remain aligned with it. So, more about the divine order. God said, here's the structure. Here are the roles. This is what I want. I'm the creator. I said it. Let it be so. Right? That, yes, mom. That's where the scripture comes in that the the vessel that's on the potter's wheel doesn't say, why did you make me like this? Right? Yes, yes. He is the potter. We are the clay. And we are to be shaped and molded into what pleases him and what he desires. Well, in the beginning, Lucifer decided he didn't like God's divine order. So he's tried, he tried to overthrow it and God smacked him down and right. All the angels that decided they were going to stage the coup with him. But what is the dividing line between us and the devil is that we remain and honor and respect God's divine order. So the husband is the head of the wife because God said so. But remember, we're including verse 21. That means they're equal. And it was only under the curse that it became a subjugation thing or held in that perspective that now she is going to 
desire her husband. He wanted to say something, sweetheart. So there's there's some more things that we need to get into to really get an understanding of this, right? <clears throat> the, the question I was going to ask is, first is, why, in talking about marriage, why mm. would Paul write to the bride first? Now, you answered this, honey, and saying there's a, I don't want to say a dual meaning, but there, there's two aspects being discussed at the same time. Us, all right, a husband and wife relationship. Natural people. Natural people. Mm-hmm. But we as the body of Christ, but the bride of Christ, you know, being discussed, our relationship with the Lord. So, um, there, which is, there's so much in here, but uh, we'll go into when we understand our true relationship, then we'll understand some of these other scriptures of being in our position as the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Then we will understand these other scriptures that are referenced, like in First Timothy when it talks about, uh, well, I'll just go to it. First Timothy 2, uh, 11 through 15. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission and do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Then it says, nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. It is also talking about natural woman in a sense. Mm -hmm. But what's primarily happening is saying, look, understand our role. We are the bride of Christ. We are not here to teach the Lord anything. Mm-hmm. We are here to learn in silence, submitting ourselves to the Lord, mm-hmm. learning those things. Right? He's constantly mentioning in this section of Scripture about submitting to your husbands or your husband, as in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, that's us. We're the bride of Christ. I can't be trying to have my own way and then think I'm walking in submission to the Lord. And, and Peter says it uh, a little differently in the first uh, few verses, but utilizing Abraham and Sarah as, a, as mm-hmm. an example, mm-hmm. right? Sarah listened to Abraham as he was being led by the Lord, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. in the same way, that's for us to listen to the Lord, to, to allow the Lord to have his way, teaching us, guiding us, restoring us, right? If we even go back to the garden, right? It talks about Adam. Adam never said he was deceived. He just says, even in his excuse, she gave for me and I ate. Mm-hmm. The woman you gave me. The woman you gave, <laughs> right. Lord. Blaming the no. Lord and and the wife at the same time. Mm-hmm. The woman's confession was that the serpent deceived her and she ate. Mm-hmm. But even in that, right, we see the prophetic word given about what the Lord, about Je- what Jesus was going to do in redeeming us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which goes back to, again, Timothy. It's not about women can't teach and do all these other things in the here on the earth in natural mm-hmm. sense, right? It's about how we in our position in the Lord as his bride are not here to teach him because that would be distorting the order like you were saying with what Lucifer did. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just felt led to, to go into that just so we have a more full understanding in what you're you're sharing. So please continue on, honey. No, I think you did a good job, sweetheart. Oh, okay. Well, hallelujah. So, anyone else have anything they want to share? 
promise? Lichash, you brought up the first verse that we read inside of the wife submitting to their husbands. And this is and further through the end of the chapter talking about how the husbands should be after should be acting like the Lord. And we read about inside of the gospels how Jesus acted and that's how we should be acting. We shouldn't be trying to terrorize people and force them to do what we think is right. Um but we should give them the opportunity and the ability to choose the Lord. And the Lord reminding me of how, especially when we consider that while the Lord doesn't need the body, but he wants it. Mm-hmm. But to have the body, how Christ is the head and how and the body needs everything that that is there. You shouldn't be missing a leg. It should be complete and whole. Amen. Because we know that's how God created it. Amen. The same applies here. We shouldn't be going, well, I'm going to cut you out of this and then get angry at each other and kick each other out and say, I have no need of you because we clearly read about, I forget the book, but talking about how we shouldn't be saying, saying to the eye, I have no need of you. Corinthians. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, thank you. But we should be fully understanding that the Lord puts everything inside of the exact arrangement because that's how it needs to be in order for God to bring heaven into earth. We read about inside of throughout the whole Bible where it talks about how in multiple occasions only when the exact thing the Lord said happened was the Lord able to move through them. We read inside of Acts about um, Aquila, I believe, and, and Priscilla, Aquila, and Priscilla. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how when the, how they went with Paul and how they're when they arrived at the same moment and when they're listening to the Lord together, only then were they allowed to help Apollos, who was able to strengthen the people at Ephesus, I believe. Mm-hmm. And how the same applies here. We shouldn't, as especially for those who are married, we shouldn't be going, well, I'm married, that's enough. I, shouldn't, I can't listen to the Lord anymore. And the husband or the wife shouldn't replace the shouldn't replace God, but they should be both submitted equally to the Holy Spirit. And only because they love the Lord will they be able to come together. Amen. Amen. And I love that you also brought that up. Equally submitted. Right? Yes. So what does it say in Philippians about our Lord and Savior? And his how he regarded the Lord. Though he was equal with God, he didn't consider it robbery. Exactly. Yes, he did not regard equality as a thing to be grasped. But what in this section of Scripture in Ephesians is he talking about the whole time? Yes, he's the head, right? The Lord is the head. He's the husband. He is the head, right? Over the wife, we're his bride, right? Mm -hmm. We, his, his body, his church is his bride. And but what's he saying? The two shall, in scripture, it says the two shall become one. It's talking about inequality, right? Mm. He's over us, but he's also, we are part of him. He's made us joint heirs. Joint heirs, exactly. So the two becoming one is an equality, if you will. Both submitted to the leading of the Father. 
All right. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Mm-hmm. So we should be likewise, right? Conform to his image. And if you notice in relationships where both individuals are summoned to the Lord, yes, they're, they do a lot of things alike. They all have their own different, unique character traits and personalities, but they also do many things that are similar and have a similar heart and mind or attitude towards things as the Lord's leading them. And that's how we are to be with the Lord. Whereas we are the, the woman, right, is considered, said, the, they are the weaker vessel. But the Lord considers us equal, joint heirs. Not that it's something that we're reaching for and grasping for, trying to snatch for ourselves. Does that would again be out of alignment? And we'll bring about discord in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But let's look and understand the Lord's love towards us in this, in his view of us as his bride, which is demonstrated in how he treats us. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So there's a lot in there, a lot of what was said. So we're going to pause there for today and allow everyone to have time to look over the scriptures, to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to them. And if we need to renew our mind on some things, let's renew our mind on some things. And we'll continue this in the next episode. So can I get a volunteer to close out us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you have made us joint heirs with your son, Lord, and we just thank you that you have Regard us as your children, Lord, that you have taken to us to yourself, Lord, and that you have loved us, Lord, even when we did not demonstrate the respect and love that you had shown towards us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the grace and the mercy that you have given us, Lord, and that you continually give us, Lord, as we walk out our lives in this earth, Lord, as we go about doing what you have for us to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.